The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone and welcome to The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. Tonight, um, I'm your host, Macca19, and I'm joined by uh, the lovely Porsche. How are you? I'm spitting chips, Macca. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to this one, I have to say. No, nah, look, I mean, I'm mostly... I mean, I don't know. Did we, did we already have a go at Port for trading out a future first-round pick on the podcast? If we didn't, for we that, didn't, I'm really no. not... No, no, we okay. didn't. We uh, we discussed it at length, and you said if uh, if they did, then you'd probably not bother uh, going to a port game for five years or something. So, well, I can, no, I can I can tell you one. I don't think I said it on the podcast, but I can tell you one thing, which is that I think I'm spending more on my D's membership than my port membership next year, which is the first. So uh, <laughs> there you go. Oh, that is uncalled for. That is uncalled for. <laughs> Get out. Get out. <laughs> Uh, well, but no, um, the today's little trade thing I was okay with. So we've basically turned that pick nine, downgraded a bit, but added an extra second round pick. And I think that works pretty well for us, really. Yeah. So let's have a look at what we actually did. So the other yeah. day, uh, I think it was on Tuesday, uh, we traded our first round pick next year, plus this year's pick 67 uh, for 19 and 30 this year. Um, and today, um, just before the end of trade uh, period, we traded um, pick 9, pick 19, and pick 49 for pick 14, 17, and 31, which has left us with uh, picks 14, 17, 30, and 31 heading into this year's draft. Yeah, it's um, a lot of number crunching, I guess. But, um, yeah, it, look, it's changed the, our outlook, I suppose, for the future. And in theory, it's changed how we're looking at what we're doing right now. Because, I mean, for me, like, coming in with four picks in the top 30 in a draft year, particularly the way we've done it, it's kind of like preparing for a huge cull next year. But I don't think we're going to do it because I think we've personally reached the point where, you know, if you want to have a huge cull, ideally you don't have it in every single aspect of the football club at once. Yeah? yeah, like you don't. That, that's what because that's what it, I think we are actually keying up for that because they've made comment that we uh, we've got seventeen players out of contract. We've got players that might be um, sought after on free agency. I, so I reckon we're actually um, gearing up to sort of lose a fair percentage of people next year. But that's the issue is that like if you're losing a lot of players, then you really want your on or your off field staff to be in place as well. But I reckon we should piss off a bunch of them as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's so if you, like, I, as much as I would love to, you can't do both in the same year unless you want to just instantly turn yourself into a low-rate Gold Coast Suns, you know? Mm. That's, what we've, that's what we've annoyingly set ourselves up for. Because right, right now, you'd have to say Hinkley, he's got a lot to prove next year or he'll be out. A bunch of players, you have to say they've got a lot to prove or they're out. You have to say that um, Cripps has got to really, really hope that we don't finish bottom four or he's out. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Chris Davies, just in general for contract management and saying yes to all these long-term deals that no matter who arranges it, he's still the one that finalises all that stuff. He's the salary cap manager. Um, you know, you got to think he might be on the outer two if we find Matt Lobby's playing every week in the SNFL and he still doesn't want to get traded into next year. Um, <laughs> oh, look, there's, there's a lot of maybes going on here. There's a lot of, there's a lot of maybes, but a lot of them are all reasonably likely to reckon, happen, I'd reckon. 
I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking. You know, I alien think some of these here. are certainly a chance to happen. I think all of them happening. I don't think so, but uh, certainly some of them. I, look, I think there's certainly. Um, oh, look, there's there's probably eighty percent of the club that um, should have their uh, heads on the chopping block next year. To be honest, um, but that's if we're, thing. If we're going to be serious. So um, if if it's seventy five percent of them, so seventy five or eighty, that's still over half, right? <laughs> so mm. that's huge. Yeah. <laughs> No, you're right. Well, look, let's break it down a little bit because um, yeah. you've said the last couple of weeks if we trade out our uh, first round pick next year, you're going to be pretty pissed off. So I guess the first question I've got is, are you pretty pissed off? I'm extremely pissed off, Macca. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to come to terms with it. Uh, so why are you pissed off that we've traded next year's first round pick? Look, I'm pissed off because for two reasons. One, it feels like we are, as a club, we're putting more and more and more trust into this group of everyone that has let us down. So it's it's not just, you know, a couple of players now. Like, it's huge numbers of people in the club, like we just said. And so then saying, well, that's okay, we'll let you design the next generation of our team with four picks this year before we piss you off the end of next year. Like, I don't think that's really smart. That doesn't seem really... That doesn't feel to me like that's when you trust your off-field staff to build a new generation of your team. When you're feeling like, yeah, I'm not sure if these guys should be hanging around. I mean, Jeff Parker's near his years by date as well, isn't he? He's doing all right for flankers, but apart from getting Logan Austin, what's he done? I don't know. Um, I so, think he's... Look, I've been very critical of uh, Jeff Parker over the journey so far, um, and he's made some shocking decisions, I think, or at least the recruiting team as a whole has. Um, but I think his last probably three drafts have actually been pretty decent, considering the but type of picks that we've actually had. I but look at the found... type of players he's drafting. That's the thing. Like he's not addressing our needs. He's just getting players that'll play a few games, so he looks good. Well, he's not getting us well, the tall kind of players. We've got Austin. Oh, we've come got. On. We've yeah, got who else? Uh, Howard. Oh come on! He's a long way good. off. Who else? Well, he's probably as much. He's probably the same <laughs> distance off as what uh, Logan Austin is. To be honest. Oh, and I don't agree with that at all. Not to mention Logan Austin's ready to go next year. Like, apart from Logan Austin, all we've done is draft flankers and a couple of tools that may be iffy in Frampton and Howard. And apart from that, we've added to our under-height stocks quite comfortably. Um, and we've... Oh, what are we doing? You know, you want us to give Jeff Parker credit, but you, you don't give um, draft uh, drafters credit for picking up small flankers because any idiot can do that. And no, I reckon you, you give them credit anyone... for finding good footballers with shit picks. And I think... At this point, he's found a number of potential good footballers with shit picks. He hasn't had shit picks, Macca. He has had shit picks. Of course Even he's had Even Impey was picks. pick 21, wasn't he? Even Impey was pick 21, and he's the only one that you're going to say is a dead cert in the last two years. Not to mention two of the last three he's years not. have been probably the worst drafts of the modern era to date. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I don't know. I'm not sure what we are expecting to get when we were sort of gunning for a premiership. Obviously, it hasn't worked out um, at this point anyway. Um, well, look, so we've on, traded all our decent picks out to uh, to get ready-made players to have a crack at a flag. Um, as I said, I've been pretty critical of him uh, earlier in his uh, draft journey, but I think the last three years he's done okay with what we've had at our disposal. I think you're being too kind, Macca, and if you ignore the types of players he's bringing in and the list he's constructing, which is too small and too one-dimensional, but looks okay because they get a few games and he looks okay and he gets to hang around a bit longer. I mean, he's playing. this is a Jeff Parker list we're playing right now. It doesn't seem to be any direction. Uh, and hopefully he changes how he does things this year in the draft. But, you know, 
we're just as likely to go out and draft a 182-centimetre flanker pick 14 and then a, a, a tall, scrawny, 186-centimetre outside wingman pick 17. You know, under under Parker, why wouldn't we? It totally fits his MO. So, um, look, I, I don't think you can give him any credibility until... I don't think you can give any recruiter credibility until they can bring in at least one good tall forward or backman. That's okay. my solid thing. Until they have proven they can bring in at least one in, say, every three years, unless they can do that consistently. And that's a really low bar. But if they can't do that, then they definitely don't deserve any kind of a praise at all. No matter, you know. Sure. And look, he's probably failing at that at the moment because we drafted Mason Shaw under him, Nathan Bleed, Tom Cleary. None of, like, two of them are gone. One uh, certainly is still sort of 50 50 if he's going to make it. Uh, we obviously chose Mitch Harvey over Ben Brown, which I've been super critical of uh, yeah, yeah. pretty much the last three years. Um, I'm trying to push it out of my mind um, every now and then. Uh, but look, I, as I said, I think um, Howard looks okay. Austin looks okay. Frampton, I've got decent hopes for. Um, and look, hopefully we can find another uh, toll or two this year as well. Yeah, hopefully. Um, which is what this podcast is about. But... You know, and again, unfortunately, we're not going to discuss those tools we might be getting today. So, but yeah, I mean, look, we might, but even then, like, we talk, going back to the first future first round pick, like the genuine tool, like the 195 guys that have got a bit of strength and a bit of everything to them, like, it's not, they're not big this year. There's not much of them. Mm. Um, we've got a scatter shot, so we might be lucky in Jag 1 with our four picks, but you're more likely to Jag it with a, a, a decent first round pick and a strong draft here, because even if you don't, you'll get a really good midfielder. Well, this is my thoughts. I think with what we've had at our disposal, and look, this is certainly our own doing. You know, we, our list management decisions has put us in this situation. Um, yeah. Obviously, heading into this trade period, we would have loved to have traded out Loby, would have loved to have traded out O'Shea. We obviously put Hartlett on the market, Broadbent on the market. Uh, they decided themselves that they didn't want to be traded. So what trade assets do we have to do to improve our list? All we can do is fiddle around with draft picks. And we've gone from having pick nine um, and then a bunch of late picks this year to having two first-round picks and two second-round picks. And for me, I really, really like this draft year, as you know. I think that's great. I think having four picks in the top uh, 31 this year is a really good thing. Next year, look, would I still like us to have our first-round draft pick uh, next year? Yes, I would. Absolutely, I would. I would have loved to have traded out um, Harlot for pick 14 and Loby for pick 17 and kept uh, next year's first round draft pick. Absolutely. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. So we've had to fiddle around with the picks that we've got. Um, and in the end, I think we can um, we can worry about next year, next year. Um, in yeah, well, we keep doing that, don't we, at Port? That's the whole look, problem at Port. Well, we keep thinking about next problem. year, next year. Yeah, Sure, but it, it is a little bit of a problem. But we've sort of hamstrung ourselves. And I think given how <laughs> we we've hamstrung ourselves, we've come out of this the best way possible to improve our list. Because th- there's two options here. Back we can up. either fiddle with... No, listen, we can either fiddle with draft picks and try and improve our situation, which is what we've done. Or we can sit on our hands and whinge and complain that we've only got pick nine and then a bunch of late picks and how we didn't get anybody decent in the draft because we've only got pick nine and a bunch of late picks. So I think we've done the best thing that we can possibly do right now to improve our list for next season. Maka, do you pay uh, off your credit year, card debt? Have I paid? <laughs> do you pay off your credit card debt? Because this is what of we're course. talking about here. Because this is, this is the thing, we're trading our forward picks every year and then trading trade get back in. You know, Next year, we're talk, looking at a real potential loss. Like, 
credit card wise, using that metaphor, the interest rate's about to go through the bloody roof. Um, so everyone's complaining so, that we might have um, traded pick five next year. Well, there's every sure. chance we've traded pick fifteen next year, and when you add in the academy picks chance. next year, we've traded pick twenty one next year as well. And you know, so, Maka, there's there's every chance Patrick Wright didn't get suspended too. Um, <laughs> We're not we're not talking about long odds that we're not going to that we're going to have given up a top ten pick next year. These are pretty pretty solid odds after two years outside of the finals, mm. um, and in a strong in, in a strong draft, a strong draft with player types that we do need, um, which won't be available. And that's the point here. Oh I think, come is on, that, how many well, of them? Rightly or wrongly, are they available this year? How many players are missing well, from the academy picks this year? Rightly or wrongly the club believes that this year's draft is better than next year's draft. And no one knows whether that's true yet, except for the people that have probably watched a hell of a lot of uh, junior football this year and have made the decision that that's the case. So the club isn't wrong just yet to make that move. It might prove in 12 months' time that, hey, uh, we've probably stuffed up here. Um, This draft is looking a lot better than this year's draft. Or it may not. We don't know that yet. And look, we're not the only club that's actually traded future picks. You know, I think there's been 17 future picks uh, traded this draft uh, period. So there's still uh, just about every other club has also traded a future pick. Um, how many future firsts? How many? Well, I don't know. Uh, a few. I think Hawthorne did. Because... I think Geelong did. All right. So the top four sides got it. Cool. Yeah. Well, you also <laughs> mentioned that, look, next year is a, uh, is a tolls draft. But of the, uh, I think of the top seven, well, I think at the moment there's seven tolls worth talking about and five of them are academy linked. So we've only got a chance to pick two of them. The chances of us uh, having the, sh- the chance to pick those two players, I think would be pretty slim as it is. Look, Maka, this is so, going nowhere. Well, look, <laughs> how, how would you go, like, this is the situation that we've got ourselves in, Absolutely. How would you go about improving our draft position? Because getting getting one total. pick in the, getting one pick in the top fifty isn't going to improve our list. How it's do we go true. about improving our list? Well, I mean, the first place you start is no, not is first of all drop players during the season so they know what it's like to not have match payments. So you know, don't don't bring Matthew Lobby straight back in from shitness then injury. You know, make him make him see. Oh, hey, guess what? Guess what? You're not getting match payments, and you're in the NFL, and you're not going anywhere. You, you want to try somewhere else, maybe. Uh, and you know, Hartlett, the same thing. At the times he certainly could be dropped. The whole bunch of players that could have been dropped at various times, and until they actually do, then they're going to think, "No, I'm right. It's good. I'm playing pretty much every game I can." Yeah. So why would I, why would I move? I'm going to have to pay for you know, get a new house and lose but money that on that. Maybe and... that's, that's got nothing that's to one, do with one. improving that's our one. list this year because yeah, the yeah, players we've had the players that are tradable and they don't want to be traded. Exactly, that's not. the first one. Make it clear where their actual position is on the list instead of mollycoddling them, yeah? You know, we, we, you, you, you want to move players on. Like Travis Cloak, yeah, Travis Cloak? If he'd been at Port, he would have played most games and he'd probably stay at Port this year. But, but because he got dropped, he's off to the, the dogs. And so that's some salary cap relief for Collingwood. They didn't get much for him, but what are we going to get for Lobby anyway? Bugger all, that's not the point of it. So first of all, is that accountability. The second thing you want to do is make sure that you've got to account for, first of all, the lot, the value of next year's picks. But this year, pick nine. So what if we got pick nine? If we'd done this trade with Sydney, so what, Sydney wanted to trade up uh, in the draft. If we traded down pick nine to go down to a low, later in the draft and had two picks in the second round instead of one first round pick or something along those lines, I mean, that's fine too, yeah? I mean, if, if we're looking at picks, we tra- turn pick nine into picks, two picks between, I don't know, 
14 and 27 or something along those lines. I mean, that's okay, yeah. That's probably enough for this draft year because the reality is at some point or other we're actually going to have to pay off the credit card debt. We're going to have to accept the fact that maybe one year we will have to hang on and get back to the position we were in when we started trading ahead of ourselves because that's what's happened. We've traded ahead of ourselves, yeah. Austerity measures, Maca. Austerity measures is what we're due for. Um, and the time for austerity measures is ideally when it's not going to completely ruin your club, which it might do next year. Mm. I don't think it if, will. Well, next year we've got a second round pick and a third round pick, and if we have a and if we have that shit year, well, what are we doing? What, what's our strategy for next year? Who's going to want to move on this next year that isn't this year if we do the same thing? Well, we'll have to talk about that next year. Yeah, no kidding. So it's a, but that's easy. That's the easy cop out, Macca. So I don't really think we're playing catch up. I think they've obviously made the decision that this year's draft is much better than next year's draft. And <sighs> at this point in time, that's a decision that we don't know if that's true or not. Okay, sure. Yes. Stunned silence. <laughs> no, it's not stunned silence. That's that we're making the same arguments over and over again. We completely disagree, so there's not much point carrying on, is there? True. So overall, how would you rate our trade period? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We don't know yet because it's not next year, so I can't rate it, can I? <laughs> Look, as I've said, I think with what we've had at our disposal, given that no one wanted our players, uh, I think we've come out of this... Okay, I'm. I'm. If I would rate it, I would rate it a five out of ten. I think we would have done better to not trade anything at all than do what we did. Okay, so you'd rather have pick nine and then pick fifty, seventy, and ninety. Yep. Particularly given we haven't delisted any of our players, we're going to try and keep as many of them on as possible. Yeah, we're not doing a clean out, Macca. This is if you're not doing a clean out in the year, that's the year you have bugger all draft picks. Well, that was a question uh, which was asked by Macca eighteen seventy. Uh, which is what changes do you think will be made to our list before November 25? And I have to say, I hope we do probably make one or two further delistings, but whether we actually do or not, I'm not too sure. Look, we're not going to use any picks after 31, I don't reckon. Um, we've, we've given them away, haven't we? <laughs> When's our next pick after 31? It's ages later. Well, look, so... a lot of people are saying that we're actually going to um, upgrade Nathan Cracker. So to be able to do that, I think we actually do have to make another change. Because if we upgrade Cracker with pick 31, uh, all hell is going to break loose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, but that's what, you know, we've got four picks going, you know, we're making this change. We've got four new guys coming in. It's not really exceptional. It's not a clear out year. Hmm. Um, I I don't think our next year impact, I don't think our next year situation would be impacted much if we'd kept pick nine and then picked it, picks 50, 62 and 80 or whatever. Mm. That's that should be the last four guys in that. That should those last three should be the last three guys in our list, and it's pretty much, you know, we're going to come close to that with what we're doing. Yeah. Um, in in a clean out year is when you want this number of picks, um, but we're not doing a clean out year. So, in a clean out year, I'd want more picks than what we've got. Well, ideally, yeah, ideally. Well, let's, I guess, have a, a very, very quick chat about some of the other trades that went through. Uh, B- Brett Deledio for uh, GWS's third rounder is uh, absolutely stunning for me. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Well, that's a huge win for GWS. Yeah, I mean, he'll look nice in their setup. I mean, if they're making Thomas Scully look good, they'll make him look very good, so... 
Yeah, it's good for them. The good thing is that we missed out on a few players that we were sort of linked to, Nathan Vardy and Aaron Black, so we don't have to worry about them, which I think is great. Yeah, look, there's a lot of players that moved around that we were talked about being linked with during the week, um, like Aaron Black is another one um, that have moved clubs. They've moved clubs for very little. And um, Dr. Phil had a comment on the forums, which was basically that maybe we do have salary cap trouble. Because mm. if you can't if you can't move your guys on for a mysterious reason and you're not bringing in these cheap guys when you have needs in your squad, it's really, that's the only thing it points to, isn't it? Not really. I think um, a lot of people are saying that we are over the salary cap and we need to trade these guys uh, to be under the salary cap. And uh, look, obviously that's not happened. So I look forward to uh, the the journalist saying in uh, six months' time that uh, we're absolutely screwed. And hey, maybe we traded our first round pick next year uh, because we're not going to have one anyway because we're over the salary cap. I don't know that we're over the salary cap, but it's clearly impeding our ability to make changes. So... Maybe. I think giving, uh, obviously giving long-term contracts um, to players that don't deserve them is the big issue. That's a pretty big one. Uh, or short-term contracts, realistically. Mm. Two-year two uh, contracts. Think, I think Richmond have probably done pretty okay out of this uh, to get Dion yeah. Pressier and Josh Caddy. They're obviously two uh, pretty good players that will fit straight into their midfield. Um, it also gives them, um, you know, they're probably in the right age bracket for their group as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure they're pretty happy with how their trade period's gone. I'm not really thrilled with either of those players. Like, I would never wanted either Presti or Paul Caddy at Port, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm it's a pretty okay. big fan of Presti. I don't really rate Josh Caddy all that highly, nah, but uh, I can see why people do. Um, and look, they're going to play, you know, they're going to be first string midfielders for their uh, for their group, so. I think they're a perfect fit. Okay. Do you think uh, Hawthorne <laughs> have paid too much for uh, Jaeger O'Meara? Well, look, I mean, it depends on. Whether you, I don't know, because I, I, the more I think about it, the more I'm having trouble working Hawthorne out because they're half seem to be doing last hurrah and then they're half doing, we're, we're getting ready for the reload. I don't know which yeah. one it is because I don't think you can do both, but they're try, they, it looks like they're trying to do both. They've given up a lot. They've given up a hell of a lot yeah. Um, hell yeah. to get a player that hasn't played a game in two years. Uh, it's I think it's a big risk. Uh, will it come off? I don't know. If it does, I mean... You know, Jager O'Meara at his best is likely to be a top 20, 25 player in the competition on potential. Um, Tom Mitchell's a very, very good player in his own right as well. Uh, Vickery should fit their system pretty well. Um, but they have given up a hell of a lot to uh, to get those players. Yeah, look, I for me, I, I'm really iffy about any time a club play, trades for an injured player because... The reality is that the injured player, they have been extensively through the club they're coming from, the the medical system there, right? So they know everything about that player and they know everything about that player's injury at every stage. And then what they're handing over, are they really handing over all records to the club that's interested in trading for them? I don't know, are they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's always that iffiness, though. like if they're trading him and they're expecting a high price, like do they actually think he's that good or are they just trying to sell a pup? Because we know the Hawthorne have done that to a few people in the past. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I would. I would, I'm happy for them to take that punt. I'm glad Port aren't. Realistically, I, I just don't. I think the burn factor is really high on that one. Yeah. But they can. They can bear it. They've got multiple premierships under them. So that sort yeah. of if it goes wrong. It doesn't really matter. True. Very true. Um, and can we just have a moment to laugh at the crows and the brass gibbs uh, non-trade? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, dear. I guess. 
Oh, yeah. Dear. Throwing all your eggs in that basket, um, pissing off a pretty good footballer in Jared Lyons, and then trading him for half a bag of lolly gobble bliss bombs, is uh, and not <laughs> getting your key uh, target in the draft uh, in the trade period is a bit of a stuff up, I would think. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. yeah. Well, what happens? If this is post noble Adelaide Crows, then I've got to say I like it. <laughs> well, they don't like trading out players, and we don't either. So mm. I'm not going to I'm not going to throw too many stones in their direction, frankly. Right. Well, let's move that aside and talk about the draft. We've actually got draft picks to talk about. Um, hey. So yes, let's get on with it and talk about the second batch of South Australian draftees this year. Uh, the first player we're going to talk about is Alex Villas from Nord, who's a 182cm, 70kilo uh, outside midfielder or back flanker. Uh, my player comparison would be someone like Luke Partington or maybe someone like Chris Maston. Uh, he's very much an outside accumulator, uh, can play either as that uh, sort of link-up quarterback through the back line or as a hard-running wingman. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on Villas? Uh, look, I mean, the first thing I want to do is um, when these guys come from the Air Peninsula, I'd prefer if we referred to them as Air Peninsula footballers than Nord footballers. That just kind of grates. That's true. Um, he did he actually play. He he played uh, under 16s for Port Adelaide. Yeah, so let's not call him Nord footballer ever again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, my my view is that um, if you're looking for guys that you say who's an upgrade on Sam Cahoon, it's him. Uh, what I really like about uh, Villas is, unfortunately, he's one of the guys I got to see live and I, I really liked on the, at the ground, is that he's legitimately a, a really good hard runner. Yeah. Um, so you see in the highlights, he obviously runs pretty hard to get the opportunities he does. But when you see it at the ground, like he, he literally is running the whole game long. Uh, he's got a huge tank, um, which is great, and he does enough. Uh, if I had a criticism, it's probably that like he's extremely outside. Like He's hugely an outside player. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure how much room there is for players like that in science um, that aren't among there, the best. There is a lot of Sam Cahoon about him. He's kind Huge of like amount. a slightly further up the field Sam Cahoon. Um, yeah. But look, I do like him. I think he's pretty cool under pressure. Um, he makes good decisions. I really like his kicking ability. He's got a great right foot kick. Uh, as you said, he's uh, got great endurance. I think he lacks top end speed, which might be yeah. something that um, counts against him. Uh, but look, he did have a very good season. Uh, he made the uh, under-18 All-Australian team. Um, he had a, a pretty good year for Nord um, in the... Uh, well, he played at all three um, levels. Uh, played some pretty decent footy at senior level uh, in his four games and averaged uh, something like 25 touches a game in the reserves and uh, under-18. So he can certainly find a, a lot of the ball. Um, and he's one of those players that I think is going to be uh, fairly reliable for someone. Yeah, look, I'm a little bit mixed on him um, because of the role he plays. I think there's some teams he'll fit in and some he won't. Um, I think with the, here we go. I think with the quality that Melbourne are building in midfield, um, there's room for a, and given how decrepit their their black flankers generally are, I think like he'd, that'd be a good club for him. Um, and because of his amount of run, I mean, again, we talked about him being potentially a big ground player, so he might be a good fit for the Western Australian clubs. I'm not sure he's a good fit for Port. Um, I don't think he, I don't really rate him for being two way, but I don't think that's because he can't do it. I think it's because he does play so very outside, so it's hard for him to get an opponent to go and be accountable on. Um, I think he looks really good at under 18s level. There's probably got to be some doubt as to whether that'll translate in any way to AFL level. Um, I don't think he'll get the same amount of. Oh, where am I going to go? I'll go to Villas. 
as he does at this level. So I can see why he's not a really high draft pick guess. Um, Where do you see his range? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Would, you, would you draft him? Uh, I Look, think, I think we could. I think him. he comes into calculation now that we've got thirty and thirty-one. I think he's someone that yeah, we that's what I was about to say. <laughs> uh, very much be looking at. I think his draft range. I think he there is the potential that he is the first South Australian picked. Um, yeah. I think he fits between that sort of twenty to fifty range. Um, uh, I mean, he might be someone that the that the Crows may look at. Look, someone that wants I don't um, think so. a player that can sort of just accumulate the ball and deliver it well is going to look for him. Uh, I think he definitely comes into uh, the equation at thirty or thirty-one. To be honest, yeah, I, I can but... definitely see us picking him on draft night. One note for me that I wrote on this was that if we had traded out Hartlett and picked up Villas, like he'd just about be covered. Um, just, you know, if he, if you gave him that, if you gave him that slightly back of centre, loose defensive player that can just run and collect the ball, I mean, he'd be good at that. He'd be fine at that. In fact, he'd be a lot like Nathan Cracker was when he was in good form. Um, I suppose that's not a dissimilar role, although I, I don't know that he's got the same marking skills as Cracker. Um, or the same accuracy of his kick. So, look, I don't rate him very high. I don't want if he's there at pick thirty or thirty one. I don't want us to pick him. But if he's there, I don't know if we do to list another one and have a really late pick, or if he's there on the rookie list, then I would be pretty keen. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. Look, as I said, I think players that can run all day um, and with good foot skills are usually in high demand. Uh, so I can see him going sort of second round. Uh, I think his lack of pace and He's got no X factor at all. Um, no, I think that's probably going to hold against him a little bit, but uh, he's definitely <laughs> going to get drafted, and it should be in the first couple of rounds, I would think. Uh, next player to talk about is Sam Walker from Glenelg, who's a 187 centimeter, 80 kilo, third tall defender. Uh, my player comparison would be someone like Joel Patful. There's also a little bit of Cam O'Shea about the way that he plays as well. Eight- <laughs> <laughs> so, You're doing him already in the eyes of our um, audience, or the ears of our audience. I know I'm, I'm really selling him really strongly here, but think of good sort of 2013-14 Cam O'Shea, where you, you can sort of he reads the play exceptionally well. He takes a great mark. He's super strong one on one, and he bolts off with the ball. So uh, that's why I compare him to that sort of player. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I'm not a real fan. Um, I, I think if we had picked him, he'd be a, like if we pick him, it'd be like yeah, I mean, he'll probably find a spot. But he's not an urgent need. I think he's a bit vanilla. Uh, I don't think we need him at all. I, I don't, I don't really him see him anyway. as being any sort of um, pick for Port Adelaide, unless he's, he's there at like 31 and we consider him best available that's left. But other than that, but I, gee, can't that see I, don't, I don't think that's even possible. Because he'd be um, about what, 15th in line for a back flank spot. So. Yeah, right. And, and look, I mean, really, his skill set sort of screams out late Crows pick, so I'm happy to let that happen. <laughs> I think he'll go relatively early. I mean, I, nah. I heard rumours that um, people were sort of talking about him as a late first-round pick. Um, I think that's what Cal Toomey sort of had him at as uh, on the Road to the Draft um, podcast a little bit earlier in the year. I think he might go a little bit later than that. I think, again, he sits as that sort of second-round pick. The thing I really like about him is that even though he's uh, a little bit shorter, I think he's super strong. He's very hard to beat one-on-one. He's a fantastic reader of the play, super strong contested mark. He's got a lovely left foot kick. He's one of the best kicks in the draft, in my opinion. He's got really good closing speed, um, and he's very, very consistent. You know what you're going to get with with uh, Sam Walker, and I think a lot of clubs will like that. Yeah, I, I, I think you're talking him up a lot more than I think he justifies. But not, if you, not I, I don't think he's bad. I don't think there's any huge deficiency in his game. I, I just don't think he has that class that you're sort of talking about. 
Yeah, well, look, I'm re- I'm relating him to players like Joel Patful and Cam O'Shea, so that's yeah, where true. I think okay. he fits. All right, let's go back to that then. Oh, so good. he's going to be one of those sort of depend <laughs> like. If you're talking about someone like Joel Paffel, he's going to be one of those sort of dependable, you pick him as your sort of 16th to 20th player in your team sort of thing. I think that's uh, I, kind of where uh, he fits. I can see him playing 150 nondescript AFL games. I, I think that when the guy you're being compared to is um, Cam O'Shea, who was picked at, what, 52 or something? And who was the other one? Joel Paffel, um, who was a rookie list player originally, it sort of tells you where I reckon he should be going, yeah. um, personally. Well, look, again, he had a really good year. Um, he was All-Australian, um, played some really good, consistent footy for Glenelg, uh, worked his way up from um, the under-18s uh, through to the reserves late in the season. Had a game where he had uh, 30 touches and 15 marks, which I think is a pretty good effort. Um, but again, he sort of sat around that sort of uh, averaging sort of 15 to 18 touches and three or four marks a game, which I think is about right. Um, I don't mind him. If, uh, if he's there with a, a second or early third round pick, I think someone's going to get a bit of a bargain. Uh, the next player, who is uh, Ty Bedford from Sturt, who's 186 centimetre, 79 kilo outside mid. Um, a player comparison would be someone like uh, Terry Malera or Stephen Hill. Um, he's a hard-running, well-built wingman, uh, got really good size, great ability to find the bowl, uh, really good height, um, decent pace, um, yeah, what do you think about Ty Bedford? Um, look, I mean, I think he has some traits that are kind of unusual for the role he plays, and I think that that'll see him in high demand with teams that play pretty contested football. Yep. Um, so for a guy that's now outside, I mean, he's got good height, and he's also really – he's got really good hands in traffic, um, which is mm. hugely useful. For a contested side, that's a hugely useful thing. And if he, can, he plays outside as well, then I think I mean, he'd be a perfect fit for a team like a Sydney – um, I guess GWS could get him if he's still around at the end of the third round, although I don't know how likely that is. Yeah. Um, he's a good option for a few sides, the, uh, particularly the ones that are trying to be more contested uh, as they go on and develop this, their list. So I don't know whether he's a fit for us. Not that he wouldn't be okay, but I don't know if we're heading in that direction and there might be, I don't know, cheaper players that we can get that will play a similar role. Um, yeah. Because the the, the the players that play role like this that aren't as contested, they're always cheaper in the draft. So, mm. um, but I think I think there's a lot of Victorian teams who are very interested in him. I think there's a lot to like about him. Um, yeah, and I can see him really fitting in well at AFL level. Uh, he's one of my oh, personal yeah. favourites from this draft pool. Uh, do I see us drafting him? I, I think he probably sits a little bit later than 31. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I don't know. It's hard to... Like, he's had zero press, so it's hard yeah. to really know sort of where he sits. Um, I think the fact that he finds a hell of a lot of the footy... He had a pretty good championships in the couple of games that he played. Uh, kicked three goals across two games. Um, has found a lot of the footy all year for Sturt. Had one game in particular in the under-18s where he had 40 touches, 10 marks, three goals, 10 inside 50s. And look... If you can do that, that's um, I guess that's the sort of player that's going to be in demand. Yeah, look, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of things about his, um, I suppose his, his personal attributes, so his his size and his skill set that I think would make him more desirable than probably a lot of the SA players. Um, you know, 186 centimetres for an outside midfielder that can play in the middle a bit, and he's got the fast brain. Um, yeah. That's that's a pretty good combo. That's yeah. really solid. He's the sort of guy that, like, if you do get him late, then you'd be pretty confident you're going to get something out of it. So, yeah. yeah. I think the good thing that I like about him is, even though he's a wingman and he's an outside player, he is very, very good defensively. He lays a hell of a lot of tackles. He's got good closing speed. 
Um, he's the sort of guy that's going to really suit um, a team that plays um, sort of like a high press. Um, yeah. His sort of harassing ability is very, very good. I think he can be a little bit um, loose with his kicking on occasion, uh, especially under pressure. I think he can do some kicks which aren't all that great. Um, but look, he, he's a player that I really like, and uh, I really hope he gets drafted. Um, look, if it is with us, I'm not going to complain, because as I said, he's one of my favourites. Yeah, I'll, if we get him after pick 31, I'm super stoked. And if we get him before, then I think we're not addressing our needs. But yeah. he, he's still okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good call. Uh, next player is Stephen Slimming, also from Sturt, who's a 182 centimetre, uh, 73 kilo outside mid. Uh, player comparison, I, I really think he looks a hell of a lot like Jared Polek. Uh, there's a bit of David Mackay uh, there as well. Um, for me, he's a uh, which is absolutely not selling it in any way possible. No, <laughs> but think You're of the player type, not the day. actual player that I'm saying. That's the player type. Um, he's a very confident wingman with uh, very good speed, uh, good ability to run off his opponents. Uh, picks up a hell of a lot of the ball. Uh, is very, 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 very outside though. I, I liked Slimming when I saw him play live, and I like him from his footage. I think I liken him a lot to Villas, but he it's not as hard a runner, and he he gets he I think he gets less disposal, but I think that the disposals he has I think a higher percentage of them are higher quality than Villas. Yeah, um, and so that's well, you know. Depend- I'm going to yeah. disagree with that. I think Villas has probably got better foot skills. I think he hits more targets than what Slimming does. I think Slimming needs to learn to um, calm himself down before kicking a a little bit. I think he's prone to the odd helicopter when he's running at full pace. Um, And I think he needs to probably take a a step to sort of settle himself before kicking a bit more. I think we're sort of agreeing, but we're looking at it from different perspectives. So I agree that Villas might, I think Villas might be a better kick, but I think he's less damaging. Um, I think that when Swimming oh, does it, like yeah. he might be a bit off the mark, but I think that when he does, when he does get those possessions, um, I think his high percentage of his actually damage the opposition as opposed to like Swimming has a lot of ones yeah. that are just kind of one twos and shit like that, and they inflate the stats and they're okay, they're, they're sometimes okay in a side, but like for just quality possession as opposed to volume, I, I would have Swimming ahead of Villas. Yeah, I would say that. That's why I've related him to someone like Jared Polek, who I think has a very mm. high hurt. He's got high hurt factor. He's someone that's going to yeah. take the ball, take the game on, have a bounce, um, and try and hit uh, some pretty hard targets uh, further up the field. Um, I really like him. I'm, I think he might be someone else that um, may be in the picture for a sort of like a second round pick or a third round pick. Uh, the fact he wasn't invited to draft combine is a bit of a concern for that. Uh, maybe he falls a little bit later. Uh, I don't think he had a great um, state combine. Some of his um, results are a little bit down on what he's done in the past. Um, but look, I can certainly, again, I can certainly see him fitting into an AFL system. Yeah, for me, I like him as a player, but if you say I like him as a port player, I don't. Um, I don't think he fills any needs. He's 182 centimetres. He's not Villas. Like Villas, I would pick ahead of Slimming pretty much every time just because he does have that run at least. Uh, and so for me, like until we start offloading these the small guys, we 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 realistically have a really hard time justifying bringing any in that aren't really good. Um, so for me, he's not a port player, but I think he's a player. So yeah, um, I think I he's someone that needs to put on a fair bit of muscle. I think he's four or five kilos away lot... from playing AFL footy. Yeah. he's got a bit of growing up to do. I think in that he regard. does. Did yeah, have a sure. good year. Um, ended up playing uh, four senior games for Sturt in the SANFL, which I think is a great effort. 
Um, had a pretty good championship. So very consistent championships as well. Averaged 17 touches a game. Um, probably could hit the scoreboard a bit more uh, from what I would like from that sort of player. Uh, but look, if, you, if you're wanting an outside runner with decent pace um, and reasonable foot skills, um, who could turn into something pretty decent, uh, I think Steve Slimming's your man. I think his downside is significant because he's definitely a player that he might not be able to translate his game to the AFL level, in which case he'll be a no-way man very quickly. Yeah, that's fair um, enough. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, next player is uh, Ben Jarman, um, who's obviously been uh, talked about a hell of a lot uh, from North Adelaide. He's linked to both Hawthorne and the Adelaide Crows. Uh, he's 175 centimetres, 68 kilos. He's a small forward. He can play midfield. He's a very, very good midfielder, but his uh, chances of doing that at AFL level, I would think, is pretty slim. Um, I relate him to someone like Mitch Honeychurch. Uh, very, very slightly built, but very, very clever footballer. Natural... Um, Naturally, very good skills, um, decent pace, uh, probably lacks a bit of X factor. Um, where do you see him fitting in? Um, well, I mean, if I'm, do- if I'm doing a player comparison, I'm comparing him to Sam Gray. Um, I think yeah. he'll take. I think he'll take years of state league development before you can, and, and adding a bit of actual midfield to his um, bow before you'd actually consider him a real AFL prospect. In my view, yep. his name might get him a spot on a rookie list, but. Look, there's just not enough there to justify one of 40 spots on a list, in my view. Yeah. Um, he, he's got a good brain, but he needs more. If he was 10 centimetres taller, he'd be pushing first round, I think, with his sort of smarts, oh, yeah. his skills, his he's got, uh, he's ability got the brain. to read the play. Absolutely. Yep. He's a he's an AFL footballer, just not necessarily in an AFL footballer's body, um, <laughs> unfortunately. Look, he does pick up a hell of a lot of the footy, I have to say that. It's uh, under-18 level. Um, for North Adelaide, he regularly picks up sort of high 20s, um, low 30s, um, does hit the scoreboard, he's pretty good around goals, but yeah, I'm, I'm just not really sure um, either Adelaide or Hawthorne uh, are going to um, probably pick him with anything other than a late pick or a rookie pick, I would think. I think they'd both be. I think either of them would be hanging out for rookie, um, and I think that if he wasn't, if he didn't have that surname, I don't think he'd be in consideration. Hmm. I think he would. I think he would have missed being spotted even at junior level. Like if he wasn't Jarman, I don't reckon he. I reckon he would have just been considered a vanilla player and maybe not given the opportunities to even be developed. Yeah. Um, Although there's a fair bit of Jake Johansson about him, who um, was obviously a Port Magpie a couple of years ago. He was very very short. Who also had a very very good football brain, but um, was never really going to get a crack. Um, yeah. And if he was uh, Ben Smith, other than Ben Jarman, oh look, you, you're probably right. He may not get a crack. Yeah, so no. Yeah. <laughs> In short. We're, we're no chance of getting him anyway, so we'll leave it there. Uh, next player is Mitchell Hinge from Glenelg, who's a 187-centimetre, 82-kilo small defender. Uh, can also push through the midfield as well. Uh, my player comparison will be someone like Jake Lloyd or Callum Mills from the Swans. Uh, the thing I really like about Mitch Hinge is that he's a two-way small defender. He's very, very hard to beat one-on-one, uh, but he's also good enough to sort of create off half-pack. He's got a very nice left foot kick on him. I think he's a me-first footballer, and I don't like him. Okay, that's uh, that's an interesting take. <laughs> okay, what makes you say that? Um, look, I think that he, he he wants the ball, 
but I think the way he wants the ball isn't in the the constructive. I'm going to go get the ball way. I think that a lot of the time he wants the ball from his teammates. Um, and I, like for me, he, he the way he plays, he plays like a player that realizes this is his chance to be an AFL football, and he he needs to be noticed. Like he, I feel like he's playing to be noticed. Okay. Um, yeah. And I, I, can see I, that. And I, I don't, I don't like that for a team game, particularly for a defender. Like if you're a forward, I could probably say, yeah, okay. I mean, if you're a forward, maybe be a bit obnoxious and get those goals. But for a defender, I mean, you, the ball's going to come to you anyway if you're any good. Um, I, I don't, I don't like seeing that at that level. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't think, I don't think, and I, you know, for me, like that's a personality thing as much as anything. Um, I don't know that that's a great way to go, but I just don't think there's enough else to his game to justify that query in my view. So yeah. That's uh, one of my top notes is uh, wants the ball in his hands. So I think he often demands the ball. I, I really like his fierceness at the contest. Um, I can certainly see him making it at AFL level. I think he's got that sort of um, that toughness, that reliability, um, and the skill level, the fitness. I, I think he's got all the tools to make it. Uh, whether he's got the head to make it is another question. Yeah, um, big question mark for me. I'm not incl- and considering he's a small defender anyway, I'm really. I mean, he's not a port player for me. I, I don't draft him this year. Uh, I think he fits somewhere probably between around about forty to seventy. I can see him going with like a third or a fourth round pick. Yep, fair enough. Uh, next player is a uh, Jake Camido Gianni from uh, WWT Woodville West Torrens. Uh, he's 180 centimeters, 70 kilos. He's a general midfielder or forward flank. My player comparison would be someone like Mitch Banner. Uh, yep. He's a very much so. He's a small, consistent <laughs> rover uh, with uh, insane ability to find a hell of a lot of the football. I've got to say that. Um, either inside or out. He's uh, pretty small, uh, pretty slow, uh, but he finds a lot of it. Um, decent skills, maybe could be a little bit cleaner. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Jake Camino Gianni, other than the fact he's got the best name in this draft? Um, he, do, he does have a pretty good one. Um, I think my main thought on uh, Jake is that I've, I don't think I've seen a player that has so convincingly managed to kick a football every time and the football looks like an egg while it's flying because it's such a bloody ugly kick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not great. It's okay. It's sort of in Paul Northeast category of kicking, I kind of feel. Mm. Um, and it, I don't, it kicks I, around I, the corner a lot. He sort of yeah. chops at the bowl. Yeah, and and I don't think he's great when he's rushed. I think that if he has that, that moment to settle, I think he makes good choices. And I think he's got good enough disposal when he's not under big pressure to do it. But I think that when he's in close, I think he just takes the first thing he sees. And that's not settled for me. That's not a midfielder for me. That's my big query. In addition, you know, he doesn't have the, he's 180 centimetres, which again, you know, you can get away with it. But you need to be exceptional, be 180 centimetres in the AFL. I just don't think he's got enough. I don't think he's got enough to him. I think he's in the same category as Jacob Rolls uh, from Queensland. So Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I think, uh, look, he can find the ball. That's something that I really yeah. like about him, and he finds a hell of a lot of the footy. He averaged um, something like 30 touches a game in the reserves, um, which is uh, fantastic. He had a pretty good chance in the three games that he played. Um, the reason why I relate him to Mitch Banner is that he does that have that ability to be a ball magnet rover, but he's got zero defensive side to his game at all. Yeah. And that's something that I think is obviously going to hold um, very much against him. I think he fits in the sort of rookie category. I think um, if someone picks him with a rookie pick, uh, they might get someone that um, could turn out to be a player. Um, and I think he's got a couple of those tools that you sort of look for with a rookie pick. Um, yeah, what do you think? 
Uh, I wouldn't pick him with a rookie pick. I think he's SANFL until he proves otherwise. Okay, with, personally. Yep, I can see that. Uh, next player uh, is Kim LaBoss uh, from North Adelaide via Port Adelaide. <laughs> Uh, he's another one that uh, played um, under 16s for Port Adelaide a couple of years ago before we got rid of our zones. Um, he's a 175 centimetre, 66 kilo small forward. Uh, plays a lot like Charlie Cameron. Very agile, uh, pretty quick, good pace. <laughs> what? Sorry, I'm just every every player that we've compared someone to. We're getting crap about this on the forum, Are the speaker chat forum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every player you have compared these guys to is very average. And now we're talking about Charlie Cameron. I mean, come on. Oh, it's gold. It's gold. <laughs> well, look, let's be serious here. We're not going to rate um, relate everybody to bloody uh, all Australian. Players, are we? Like, we're no, gonna it's pick, true. Uh, we're going to pick the right sort of player category. I think that they fit in. So, look, mm-hmm. he's um, you know, he's obviously a very small forward, very agile, um, good defensive ability. Doesn't find a lot of the ball. Um, doesn't kick a lot of goals. Uh, I think he might be someone that um, you know, may fit a little bit more on a wing as opposed to a uh, a forward flank or a forward pocket. Yeah, uh, look, he's got good evasiveness. Um, I don't think his kick has much depth, um, no. and that's not great. I mean, he's a small player, so you don't expect huge depth on kick from smaller players. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He's he's okay. I don't know. Again, he doesn't feel any need, so I think he's probably going to be late draft rookie. Doesn't feel any need, does he? <laughs> well, actually, oh. <laughs> again, he, I told you before the podcast, and I didn't tell the podcast people, but I had a list of three players that I'd probably rather have on our list in 2017 than Jake Needham. He was probably the lowest of those three. Yeah. Um, we've discussed one already, and I think one of them was Ty Bedford. Um, yeah. yeah, anyway. Yeah, look, I think this is the sort of player that uh, we spoke about when we were discussing Jake Need uh, earlier in the yeah. week, uh, where, you know, why would you give a two-year contract to someone where they're pretty replaceable, and this is the sort of player that um, you'd probably look at replacing Jake Need with uh, if we went down that uh, path. But look, he had a pretty... Um, Pretty impressive uh, championships. He had a really impressive national combine, finished in the top 10% in repeat sprints, also recorded a uh, 2.96 20-meter sprint as well. So he's got good athletic ability. Uh, whether he's someone... Like, I think he's always going to be one of those sort of Jake Needy-type players that um, is going to be inconsistent, doesn't really find much of the ball, but um, may have a good day out every now and then. Yeah, I, I don't have high regard for him necessarily, but I think someone will give him a shot on a rookie list for sure. Yeah, I think so. Uh, next player is very, very similar. Tyson Stengel uh, mm. from Woodville West Torrens via Port Adelaide again. Um, he's 171 centimetre, 69 kilo small forward. My player comparison would be Caleb Daniel. I yep. think he um, he's a lot smarter than Kim LaBoss is. I yes. think he's got better skills. Yes, he's... Doesn't have the athletic ability of LaBoss. He's a lot mm. slower. Uh, I don't think he's as fit. Um, but I think he's the better footballer. For me, like of, of today's people we're talking about, I think he's the only one that I'm really confident is an AFL quality small okay. or player, frankly. Um, he is legitimately smart. He's fast enough. He's not as fast as Lebois, but, you know, that's okay because he's got everything else to his game better than him. Um, I, I, I really rate Tyson. Um but me saying I really rate Tyson still means I'm not all that keen on us picking him. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't really have a need for that sort of player. Not another. No. Like if we draft another 171 centimetre player, like. Exactly. Big yeah. Footy's going to melt. Well, Again. And, 
and and that's why he's the top of my list of players. I would rather have a crack at, at J- than Jake Need. But there you go. Yeah. He, Look, but he, I think I think he can be a real player for someone. Yeah, for sure. He was the smallest player um, measured at draft combine. As I said, mm-hmm. he's um, he didn't really have a great uh, combine, to be honest. Um, he no. was pretty slow. His uh, twenty meter um, scores uh, three point eleven, which were, which for a small forward like that is um, not what you want. His uh, agility test was okay. Only did a thirteen three in the uh, in the beep test, which was a bottom twenty five percent. Struggled in the three k run. Struggled in the uh, repeat sprints as well. So uh, physically, I think he's got a lot of work to do. Um, but yeah, I think he's sure. got a pretty good uh, footy brain, and he kicks a lot of goals. He kicked, uh, I think, thirty seven goals across all competitions this year in twenty matches. Uh, so he certainly got that uh, going for him as well. He's got tricks. I like him. He reminds me a lot of uh, Derek Wanganin, who got drafted by Hawthorne, also played for oh, yeah, Port Adelaide yeah. a few years back, um, sure. in that he's uh, super, super small, but um, can play. Uh, I can see someone picking him with a rookie pick, uh, but I can also see him missing out as well. Yeah, yeah, maybe. It, it's certainly not a high priority. Yeah. Uh, next player is someone that's uh, certainly been spoken a lot on our forum this year, Luke Reynolds uh, from Port Adelaide, 188 centimetre, 84 kilo, 21-year-old medium forward. Uh, play comparison would be someone like, I guess, uh, Stuart Crammery, uh, maybe someone like James Sicily as well. Um, obviously went through the Port Magpie Junior system, was uh, drafted by Carlton as a rookie list player a few years back, uh, only lasted the one year, went back to Port Adelaide last year, had a very, very good year uh, this year, kicked 44 goals in the SANFL, including a number of bags, uh, one bag of eight, a couple of bags of five, and a few uh, fours as well. Uh, he's a lead-up forward with really strong hands, clean skills, a nice mark, um, a really nice left foot kick for goal. Uh, roams the forward 50 and pushes up through the midfield a bit as well. Uh, has zero defensive pressure to his game, which I don't like. Where do you think he fits, and are we going to draft him? I think that in a year like this, he's not going to get drafted because there's a bunch of 18-year-olds with his skill set and more. Okay. Um, because this is the year of the the tools that aren't quite tools, and that's definitely what he is. Um, you know, he's he's not quite a, a, a key position player. He's um, an old school. He's an old school full forward. Like he's he's the old yeah. sort of Scott Hodges, one eighty eight centimeter full forward. Yeah, and you know, there's not a lot of room for those. And where there no. is, you probably want to get guys that are a bit faster and a bit younger. And then even then, they've got to work hard to get to there. I just don't think there's enough to him. And like I said, particularly in this draft year when there are a bunch of guys that realistically could play a role like that, um, that you might be drafting. We might even draft a couple of them. Um, I, I don't think he's worth it. Um, if, if, if he was 192 centimetres, 193, 194, like legitimate uh, key position forward, you might say, yeah, maybe as an alternate Dixon. But he's a long way short of that. And yep. so he's probably more competing with a, a Monfries. And we're already saying we're Monfrey, getting Monfries back next year. So I don't yeah. think there's a spot for him. That's true. Um yeah, look, I'm not sure where he fits. I guess it's whether we've sort of had a bit of a word to him about whether or not we will be drafting him. I think I think we're a big chance to pick him up with sort of like the last pick in the rookie draft, um, just as a bit of a punt to see if he works out. Um, otherwise, I'd be happy to let him go, to be honest. Yep. Yep. And last player on our uh, list at the moment oh, is... Oh, uh, second. Second last. I got my one. Yeah, I've got a couple of smokies as well. We've got, we've okay, got a smoky okay. section, so that's all right. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. fine. 
Um, so the uh, the last player on this part is uh, Willie Rioli from Glenelg, another mature um, mature age player who's 172 centimeters, 75 kilo, small forward. My player comparison would be someone like Jakey Need. Uh, in that he's a very lively forward pocket. He's got great X factor. Knows where the goals are. Has got excellent defensive ability. Has worked really hard to get his body into some sort of AFL condition. But I'm just not sure he does enough. Still, no, I don't, I don't think he does enough. I, I think that he, even of all the guys we've rated just in this podcast line, I don't think he's the top of them. I think he's probably the bottom. So mm. he kicked two bags of uh, five this year for Glenelg. Only kicked 23 goals in 16 games. And I think for a small forward, uh, probably could have done a bit more than that, to be honest. I've, I've, the highlights for one of those games against Glenelg is up, and I think like three of them were from, from Prees, the, the five he got kicked. Yeah. And, you know, that's not, you know, for a small forward that kicks five goals, you really want him to be like, you know, running or crumbing or something like that, not sort of like, I got tackled badly or pushed over on the ground and got a free. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, for an AFL player, you want, you want to see more than that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Look, I can actually see him getting drafted with uh, more than a rookie pick, with sort of like a late national draft pick. Um, and I can see him sort of becoming that sort of cult hero that's going to play, you know, 70 or 80 games, kick 70 or 80 goals, and that'll be it. I think that, I mean, we still haven't even got through WA, Vic Country, and Vic Metro yet, and um, there's small players in all of those sides that we're going to talk about. I think that if you're looking for one, then he's right near the bottom of the list. I don't know that he gets a go. Yeah. Be interesting to see. I think if he gets a go, um, it'll be a great story because he's worked very, very hard. Uh, been in the system for four or five years now. Um, do I want him? No, probably not. No. No, it doesn't suit us at all, I don't think. Um, mm. Right, well, on to our smoky section. Porsche. Yeah. Go oh, life. okay, it's me. Right, yeah, okay. So... This is me. This is probably the only player on which I've done as much work as Macker, and he's probably still got something to comment on about it because he's known about it for a couple of weeks now. Um, Tom Charlton uh, from Air Peninsula, not Nord, um, played for Marble Rangers. Also played there. for uh, Port Adelaide. I have to say. Oh, there you go. Fantastic. Um, he's played, what, 14 games at Nord under 18s this year, averaged 15 possessions, five marks, two goals, and a goal assist. He's 192 centimetres. No one's talking about him. He did all right in his combine results. Yep. And I don't know, I reckon, like, if you want to play a comparison, let's talk more terrible players, because he compares, for me, to Brett Burton or Trent Henschel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see Brett Burton. I do see Trent oh, Henschel. Little. Yeah, I mean, the Trent Henschel is probably the closest comparison, but Trent Henschel's one of our development coaches, isn't he? So that's not a bad thing. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, a little bit Brett Burton-ish. And he's, a, he's a lead-up forward. He's a third-tall guy. Um, but he's the third, sort of third tall guy that I think he's got enough of the physical metrics that you need to be an open footballer. He's probably worth a punt on the rookie list, and particularly being a country kid in South Australia. If there's any player in the league that you can make an excuse for them not being at the the same peak of development as, say, a Vic Metro kid, um, it's a guy from a country South Australia. Yeah. So um, I reckon there's probably a fair bit of upside to him. And so he's, he's my smoky. He's the only one I've got so far. We'll see how yeah. we go. I don't mind him. I don't mind him at all. Yeah. Um, I think uh, he had a pretty good year for Nord. Um, is he good enough for AFL footy? I'm not too sure. Um, 192 centimetres. He reminds me a lot of um, sort of drafty Matthew Panos a little bit. Uh, he's a bit shorter though, wasn't he? No, I think he's 192 as well. Mm, I don't know. 194. Well, I mean, like in the combine results, because I had a look at them compared to the main combine, um, for his uh, what, he repeat sprints, he's not far off the top 10 in the combine. Yep. He, would be, he would be in the top 10 for standing vertical. Um, I didn't see his big test results, so it probably wasn't great, but I don't know if yeah. it was bad, so I don't know. 
I think he fits in that sort of third toll if he's going to make it at AFL footy. Sure. Uh, it'll be that sort of lead-up third toll forward. I think he's got a nice kick for goal. I don't really like his kicking action as such with his uh, bent leg. Um, it's a little bit sort of unconventional, but he does uh, get good purchase on the footy, does get it spinning the right way, um, and does seem to be a pretty accurate kick for goal as well. So, yeah, yeah I don't mind him. That's a, that's a good find, Porsche. I like that one. What do you got? Let's see, got a, let's see your cards. I've got a few. Um, my main <laughs> one, who I've been banging on about all year, uh, would be Cody Ellison, who's a 199-centimetre, 22-year-old uh, basketball convert from uh, South... Oh, fuck off. Uh, from South Adelaide. Are you still okay. there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, Can you hear me? The, yeah, I thought the power just went off again because the lights just went off briefly. But <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, Cody Ellison. Uh, it's only his second year playing football. Um, he played for, I think, Norlunga last year, played for South Adelaide this year, worked from reserves into the seniors, uh, played in the finals, um, played some really good footy throughout the year. I think he might have tired a little bit as the year went on. Uh, did struggle in finals. Um, I like his athleticism. He takes a really good contestant mark. He's someone that would fit um, as kind of like a, a third toll up forward uh, or a second ruck. Um, I think mm-hmm. there might be AFL potential there. But whether he sort of realises it, I'm not sure. How's his fitness? I think his fitness is really good. I think he's someone that runs all day. Uh, He certainly uh, does seem to run all day. Um, Has he got speed, though? Oh, he's not the quickest bloke going around. No, I wouldn't say that. Uh, But he's got good size, good marking ability, good contestant mark. And uh, for someone that's only in his second year playing footy, uh, he's got a pretty nice kick, too. Oh, that's good. All right. Well, I'll have to have a look at that. So he's someone, he's someone that I would pick with sort of like the last pick in a rookie draft and see if we can sort of turn him into something. Yeah, okay. Now, I just want people listening to know, Macca didn't tell me he had Smokies too, so I don't know anything about a lot of these players because oh. I've researched them. So oh, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, there is one which I did sort of take off the main list, which was Dylan oh, okay. Impress. Um, He's playing tricks now. He told me he was on the list and took him off. Yeah, well, I thought you might have uh, done a little bit because uh, I didn't take him off pretty late. Uh, he's a halfback flank from South Adelaide as well. He's, um, as I said, we were going to go into a bit more detail about him. Uh, he's very, very quick. I think he recorded the quickest time at the uh, at the state combine. Um, finds a bit of the footy, great speed, uh, very outside, really nice kick. Probably relate him to someone like Farron Ray or maybe a little bit like Jasper Pittard. Uh, but is exceptionally lazy. I think that's something which is really going to hold against him um, and kind of pushes him from being somewhere sort of like around the fourth round to being a uh, rookie or maybe not even drafted at all. Yeah, I mean, uh, the reason I thought the reason he dropped was because he just didn't seem all that impressive. But okay, if, he, if, he's, if he's your Smokey now, I don't get that, but okay. Smokey did, yeah, get drafted. I think there's two other sort of mature age players that might uh, get a look in. Uh, Chris Jansen... From Centrals, who's 20 years old, 189 centimetre inside mid, uh, just a clearance machine in the SNFL, picks up 27 touches a game. Um, if we want to sort of plug and play mid, uh, he was he would be someone to look at. Um, the other one would be Kane Stevens from West Adelaide, who's 23 years old, 184 centimetre inside outside mid, really good skills, good pace, uh, good on the outside as well. Um, there were rumours that we were very much into him last year. Um, has played some very, very good senior footy again for West Adelaide this year, uh, played in their premiership side last year, and also actually played in GWS's very first team, uh, sorry, very first game as a football club uh, as a 17-year-old in the VFL. Well, there you go. 
just for some completely random stat there. So there you go. My other one, my final smoky, would be Connor Noonan from West Adelaide. Don't know a lot Mm. about him. Uh, I've seen a few highlights of him. I think if we are wanting sort of like a Robbie Gray replacement, he would be the one that we would look at. Yeah, well, I mean, he's one of the guys that comes up in the um, the state combine. Like, what he top, topped out agility. Yep. He ranked in sprint and a couple of others. Like, he was the, the star of the South Australian combine, realistically. Yeah. So, great, great that, sidestep. So, that elevates him. Great sidestep, really good pace, uh, great footy brain. Um, probably just needs to find a little bit more of the ball. Um, yeah, I think he might uh, be someone that might go late in the national draft as a bit of a smoky. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, anytime someone has a good combine, um, that can elevate them up. But then again, Daniel Pierce had an excellent combine and he was still a rookie draft player. So maybe that's all it's done. He, but he might get a rookie draft now. So that's okay. That's it. A uh, couple of questions. Papagallo has asked that we all love a good draft. So what's your favourite draft beer? I don't drink draft beer. <laughs> Porsche, you, it's very disappointing. Very disappointing. Sorry. The only, the only beer I've drunk from the tap recently is a cherry lambic um belgian one that's it fair enough uh my favorite would be saint anu pilsner is probably the best beer i've drunk on tap i think it's absolutely stunning for your more sort of standard beers i'd look probably for like a heineken or as a matter of fact i think west end is actually pretty delicious out of a tap as well i have to say uh tastes like a mixture of phlegm and beef stock when in a can or bottle though but uh (laughs) out of a tap it's actually fairly drinkable so, uh, uh, a related question. What's your best canned beer? What's your favourite canned oh, beer? Best canned beer. Yeah, tough Probably one. Pirate Life, I reckon, do a pretty bloody nice uh, beer in a can, I have to say. Oh, there you go. Never heard of them. Yeah. South Aussie, um, yeah, sort of microbrewery. Good to look at. Um, good to look into. And I think Nathan Fife's actually got a bit of a thing going with them as well, from memory. But okay. He's a bit there's only one beer I'll drink in a can, and it's only if it's like 33 degrees plus, and that's Victoria Bitter. I think it's the oh. perfect beer. It's the, it's, the, it's the perfect beer for when it's stinking hot. Port. Um, In my view, a can of Victoria, Victoria Bitter, which I know makes me a terrible person, but that's I right. I mean, it's not even look, the cool one. <laughs> I know. If you were going to say Melbourne Bitter, I'd say, yeah, right on. No, nah, nah, uh, Victoria VB, Bitter. Come on. <laughs> I know. It's pretty shit, isn't come it? On. That's, uh, that's a disgrace. That's an absolute disgrace. Uh, Paul, yeah, sorry. Paul Woolwich has asked the question, now that the draft order has been finalised, what are the likely pickups for Port with uh, the four picks from 14 to 31? Uh, well, there is one thing I noticed before the thing, and I don't see anywhere else I can sort of segue it in, which is that uh, in the Allies podcast, we talked about Brad Shear and how he is definitely going to Gold Coast. Yep. Because of their trading, they've got lots of really really early picks, but it looks like Brad Shear pretty much falls out into the open draft because if he gets past, if he gets to our first pick, then, I mean, after our first pick, Gold Coast have got a total of nine points to spend, um, yeah. which doesn't get you anything. So he's probably just going to go to a random club now. So that's kind of interesting. But anyway, yeah. to the question. <laughs> what do you, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a bit iffy on it. I think this, uh, the reason why you do get multiple picks in this draft is because there are multiple options that you think are pretty decent at each one of those picks, personally. Yeah. What do you think? I like the uh, I like the players that look just going by my raw rankings here. I like the players that I've got around those picks. And okay. for our first pick, I've got Jared Berry, pick fourteen. He's my fifteenth uh, ranked player. I've got Will Setterfield is fourteen, but he's obviously going to go to GWS. Uh, my seventeenth ranked player is Shy Bolton from WA. I've got Pal Pepper is eighteen. 
Uh, I would love either of those. Uh, pick 30, I've got Brad Shear. Um, you just mentioned him. And 31, I've got Cedric Cox um, from Victoria, who's an outside running uh, sort of halfback or wingman. Um, I think all four of them would uh, fit pretty well into our system. Um, whether they're the player types that we'd actually be looking at, I'm not too sure. I kind of hope not, because I, I mean, Barry, I would love maybe. Jared Berry. I would really love Jared Berry, because I reckon he could turn into an exceptional midfielder. Um, Pal Pepper would be great. I really like Shy Bolton, prefer... but whether we need like a 175 centimetre wingman, not sure. No, we don't. Um, for me, any midfielders we draft, I feel like they have to be goal-kicking ones just because we have such an obvious weakness there. I mean, Polex inconsistent, White constantly injured, Amon's still iffy, even Jarman Impey's still iffy, and if we can keep solidifying that until we've got really good goal-kicking midfielders. Um, if, if we're going to address a need in this draft with the player types that are available, I mean, I think for me that's the one we need to really hit at. So if we can get a good inside midfielder to go along with Ollie or a couple of them and maybe a couple of goal-kicking mids, I'm, I'm okay. Um, or we could go these quasi-tools, but... If we did that, we'd probably want to do like three or four just so that we know we're definitely going to get one out of it. Yeah. In terms of the players that we've spoken about tonight, I've got uh, Villas as uh, my 33rd best player this draft. I've got Walker, 35. Ty Bedford, 42. Steve Slimming, 53. Uh, Mitch Hinge, 60. And the rest a bit further down the list than that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like For me, there's a bunch of guys like a Joe Atley that I'm thinking is going to fall somewhere in our range as well, and I'd be pretty keen on him. Joe Atley, I would be a uh, cock-a-hoop over if we got him. After yeah, right. I've got right, him number nine on my list. I've got him a fair bit higher than I think most other people do. I've got him number nine. You do. Yeah. Because uh, well, he doesn't have the blistering pace. Our... So. No, well, he is pretty quick, actually. I think he is actually mm. pretty quick. Um, but he doesn't look overly quick, I don't think, because he gets rid of the ball too quick. I think if he fixed that, um, he'd be all right. True. Yeah, but I mean, there's a whole bunch of players. Like, if we, you know, as much as we don't really need a key defender, I mean, if we're going to get a key defender in the next couple of years, Griffin Logue's not a bad option. You know, I, 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 just because of his fitness base, as much as anything, it makes him super versatile because he could be, like, if you're talking about doing the press, so reacting to the turnover and gut sprinting down the other end, I mean, he is an absolutely perfect key position player for that kind of game plan. So, um, I'm sure that if Janus is listening, he's trying to jump down the throat of the podcast and say, yes, Griffin Logue because uh, he's that compromise. There's a whole bunch of guys in that category that we could have a crack at. Um, I did hope that we might have been in a position to have a go at Jacob Allison, but I did the math on that, and they Brisbane can match him with pick 21, if we, even if we pick him at 14, so it's yeah. not going to happen. He's gone. Um, I think he'll, he'll likely be a second-round uh, second uh, second draft pick, I think. Got a couple of questions in the Spreaker chat quickly. Um, Ryan Pillar has asked, uh, likelihood of Pal Pepper at 17, I think. Um, there's a huge chance that he might be there. Um, we'll obviously talk about him in a bit more detail um, in later podcasts, but yeah, he's certainly yeah. someone that I think we should look at. Um, great pace, great size, tough as nails, and uh, massive kick. Yeah, I mean, he'd fit that category of sort of goal-kicking mids that I was talking about. Um, I, For me, the only thing I've got a bit, little bit iffy about is that I think he does blaze a little bit sometimes with his kicks, but that's probably correctable. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He could he could go earlier. He could go later. It, it, he certainly would be in the mix of players that might be available at one of our picks for sure. Yeah. Uh, Power Raiders said Taranto's a good goal kicking mid at pick nine, uh, which is true. I don't, get that far, will he? I don't. I don't think he will. No. I think people no. that are hoping that Taranto would have been there with pick nine, uh, I think at this stage a little bit mistaken. I reckon he's going to go a bit higher than that and could probably be a top five pick. Yeah, I mean, for me, realistically, the way it was shaping up for me is that the players available at nine are probably likely to be someone like Ben Ainsworth, 
um, and in a slightly better case, probably Petrovsky Seaton. Like I think that I think pick nine is the tail end of the 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 highly rated talent, which means you can probably get the 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 least desirable of the really good ones. And I don't think we're in that boat. I think we're in the boat of wanting to get the best of the probables. Yeah. And that's why I think I there's, there's probably six that really stand out. And after six, I think you get to that stage where I hope they're going to be really good players, but there's probably yeah. one or two question marks. Yeah, or we want, well, they're really good, but they're not quite what we need, so we're going to have a punt on the best of the rest. That's yeah. And that's why I think someone like an Ainsworth could drop down. Um, Ryan Pillar has also asked, uh, where would Ollie rank if he was in this draft? Um, tough one to answer if it's like, do you mean modern day Ollie or do you mean draft year Ollie? I think if it was draft year Ollie, he would be probably around about where he actually got picked in his actual draft, I think, probably somewhere around sort of five or six. I reckon because of the, the fact that he is a big body mid in a draft like this, I reckon it'd be two or three. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. I think he probably... He'd be up there with guys like Taranto and Brody, that's for sure. Um, mm. guess it depends where you sort of rank them, I guess. But, uh, yeah, he, he would go around about where he went in the real draft uh, or when he actually got drafted. So, um, Powerade's also made a comment uh, that Ben Ainsworth is my mate because he's 160 centimetres. Look, he's a little bit taller than that. Like yeah, a little. <laughs> Tiny bit. Um, but he is a bloody gun, and we'll talk about him uh, in a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what's the schedule from now on, Macca? Schedule is uh, early next week. We've got our final Port Player Reviews titled uh, The Down and Out. Um, sounds great. Uh, and then from next week, uh, sorry, this time next week, uh, we'll have our first chat about uh, Vic Country players. Oh, nice. Okay, good. Which uh, the first group includes guys like Will Brody, Joe Atley, Josh Battle, um, Cedric Cox, Alex Witherden. So a lot of very good players there. Yeah, for me, um, as a Port fan, I feel like, particularly given how decrepit SA usually is, Big Country is kind of the highlight one to listen out to because they're usually guys that are from the country and they might be quite a long way from Melbourne. And so if you get them to Port, maybe they'll actually stay around. So traditionally that has tended to be the case. So definitely it's a good one to listen to if you're looking for guys that might end up at Port and might be around for a very long time and that you might want to get their number on your Guernsey. So. Yep, there's probably seven or eight players over the next uh, two draft podcasts that I'd be pretty happy that, uh, that we Oh, yeah. Get. And very likely to pick, I think. So. Yeah, I, I, they weren't successful in the championships, but I like the Vic Country team. Yeah, absolutely. I think they were favourites going in and they didn't win a game, so I'm not sure what mm. that says, but <laughs> yeah, there we go. Right, well, thanks for coming on again, Porsche. We will talk to you again uh, early next yeah. week. It's going to be good. We're going to be talking about the down and out, which maybe there'll be a couple more out before that we get to there. Who knows? hope so. hope so. hope so. hope so. Until then, come the pier. Can Port Adelaide and definitely next year because we don't want that draft pick to bite us in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> top four, please, next year, Port. Top top four ladder, not draft. That's it. Step up on the plate, don't Every kid in the backyard with the big trees lined up with the footy before mum calls you in for dinner. The shot for goal after the siren to win it. Jared Poulton, your time has come. Drop part. Your time has come. What a win.